What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Clarendon in Arlington, Virginia. I'm your host, Chris Farley. We are back for episode number 50, a half century of episodes today. And to my right, of course, is my co-host, Joanna E. Russo, to celebrate episode number 50 with us. Joanna, what's up? Oh, was I supposed to bring something? I don't know. Is it paper? Is it... I don't know. Is it... Uh, I think yeah. maybe Docs knows. All right. And to our left, of course, is William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? 50 is golden. Golden. It's the golden okay. anniversary. So people, we were supposed so to where are the golden gold. Oreos? Yeah. Golden Oreos. Yeah. Are there golden Oreos? Yeah. yeah. There's like Oreos of everything now. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I don't see any gifts. I don't see uh, any snacks either because we were broadcasting early. So very early, we didn't we didn't give Greg a chance to uh, get us our snacks. Full disclosure, he usually gives us snacks every two weeks. I had an I had the idea that that we always talk about the snacks on the show so that Greg could let us like let Joanna or I know if Farley didn't bring something. Right, right. <laughs> He's like, why why isn't he talking about the ice cream cake I got? <laughs> you know, that's, that's true. Yeah, I would, I would, I do, uh, I, I could see myself hoarding some of the snacks mm-hmm. and not sharing with the rest of you guys, but. So for our listeners who don't like us reading the, the, uh, the list of snacks that we got, that's to protect us to make sure right. that Farley, the middleman is actually delivering. Delivering. Cause Greg here, here's how it works. Every two weeks, ASICS and Greg provides the snacks. So Greg drops them off over the, uh, over at the Clarendon store. I, uh take a look at them, and then we broadcast later in the week with them. But this this uh, broadcast is a little different, guys. We are broadcasting Monday here, uh, Monday the 11th, a week before this a show is going actually, mm-hmm. uh, to actually drop. <laughs> it always makes me really nervous to do that because in the next week, Canada could invade us, <laughs> uh, and everybody will be listening to this with Mounties all over the place <laughs> saying, why aren't they talking about right. this invasion? <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true, but it was a scheduling conflict that we had to uh, adjust to, and uh, here we are. Uh, when the show actually drops on mm-hmm. Monday the 18th, it will be Marathon Monday, mm-hmm. so this will be a Marathon, Boston Marathon heavy show. Isn't isn't that also like, a, is it Patriots Day? Patriots Day. Like yeah. yeah, Patriots Day uh, will be... Uh, and it's April eighteenth. F- it's the first official day that that uh, you're allowed to wear sundresses in in New England. Is that is that true? I think that's also a fact. All right. Well, maybe we can ask our guest that because he's uh, mm-hmm. with the Boston Marathon with BAA. We will have communication manager Mark Davis on the program today. Uh, he's the communication manager for the BAA. BAA, of course, puts on the Boston Marathon, which is happening today, guys. As you listen to this this show, it is happening today. Well, Monday, uh, Monday the eighteenth. Unless you listen to it late, that's that's a good point. <laughs> also, on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, Boston songs. A little different segment today. Get back what, to our music roots. What yeah. what song says Boston to you? So we'll play a couple a couple of. Uh, I almost said a couple <laughs> few. Oh, uh, we're going to play a, a that was few so last week. <laughs> We're going to play a few uh, Boston songs, and you tell us what says Boston to you. Can I predict how this segment will go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, we'll play a few songs, and then we'll decide uh, what says Boston to us, and then we'll get uh, heavy criticism on Twitter. <laughs> true. Uh, how could you not include this, or, or why did you even bother with that That's that true. That's true. So we will, 
open herself up to being criticized, uh-huh. but that's fine. Looking forward to it. Well, you know, like uh, the, when you start the New York City Marathon, they play uh, New York, New York mm-hmm. by uh, Old Blue Eyes. That's correct. Is that right? Do you know the year that that became the... The um, thing that they did? The, the, well, no, like just the official anthem of New York. Uh, the, the official an- anthem of the city? Or, or the, the city. The city, so Nin- not just the marathon. Yeah. Okay. 1962. 1985. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to throw a guess out there just to keep things moving here. But uh, no, we're going to talk about the Can song that says <laughs> Boston to you. I, I would like to go more. I would like to dig more into this 1985 story and find out like how they made it official. I'm just and, so used to her giving us random facts: uh-huh. the peanut factory or the big peanut, the or, world's yeah. largest peanut, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, she 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 knew She's like, like George Washington Carver <laughs> over there <laughs> with peanut facts. <laughs> she she knew the size of the the ball of yarn without uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. He- hesitation. So. You know, I'm not surprised by any of Joanna's random knowledge mm-hmm. anymore. Well, you know, I was also born in 1985. So oh, okay. I think, right. that, I think your birth date year changes every every every, <laughs> every show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also today she, on she was born in 85, but uh, she was not alive when the Mets won the World Series in 86. <laughs> yeah, that's just for true. those keeping track. That's that is true. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, also today on uh, the Big 50 show, uh, we're going to have an in the news segment. I've got a uh, story about running and then and how it related to my running this weekend. Uh, we're also going to have a couple stories from Joanna. She's going to talk about her Friday 5K last week. And I think she's got a story about a uh, some sort of transportation she took. Those are always great. Yeah, um, this past week. Yeah. So, so we'll get into that. You know, she doesn't have a car. So my hope is that she never buys a car because <laughs> I know because then our podcast will be like thirty minutes long each time. That's that's very true. But first, guys, uh, it is Boston Marathon Monday, Patriots Day, Patriots Day. Do you know what Patriots Day commemorates? Uh, Probably a New England Patriots uh, Super Bowl <laughs> championship. Finally, I, I, don't you think? I, I think it be was it? before uh, the Patriots started winning their series of Super Bowls. So no, I don't know what it. What is it? It's a commemoration of the battles of Lexington and Concord, the shots heard around the world, ah, okay. the start of the Revolutionary War. I uh, thought the shot heard around the world was a Bobby Thompson home run in the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> yeah, I did too. But apparently, there was a shot heard around the world before that home run. But, uh, okay, that's good to know. I will file that away. You and I will be in Boston, or we are in Boston as you're listening to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're running the 5K, which happened yesterday. Again, the time machine is is it Depends wacky. on when you're listening yeah. to this show. How'd it go? How'd it go, Joanne? <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Another PR? Another yeah. PR. Wow. Beat Molly Huddle. I won. That was great. Oh, my goodness. Did she, did she try to push you out of the way <laughs> at the finish line? Uh, and I will be running the marathon on uh, Marathon Monday. Docs, what will you be doing? This Marathon Monday. Um, on Marathon Monday, I will be recovering from a, a weekend of editing uh, this a very time-confusing <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yes, okay. All right. Uh, but hopefully uh, everybody is enjoying uh, Marathon Monday. Our Boston listeners have the day off. Mm-hmm. Most people. Most folks up in Boston have the day off. The people who work in the shoe industry for uh, New Balance is a, is a New England yep. company, right? Yeah, do they, they are a Boston company. So do their reps uh, all over get, get Patriots good, Day Good off? question. I, I don't think so. Uh, we can ask former uh, guest Kevin McHale that, but I don't think so. Uh, I think that... Uh, you have to have the right zip code? I think you have to be in Boston. I do, th- I do know that the... Uh, 
that that the corporate folks who work for New Balance and work for Saucony, they do have Marathon Monday off, uh, and they have a couple parties on Boylston Street. And uh, I, I would and imagine most of the corporate running industry who who is there at the marathon has actually the day off. I don't think they have a day off. They're all basically basically they're working right right. well and i think most of the people that have offices downtown or that commute into downtown boston have the day off not because they're celebrating patriots day but because it's just too hard to get around with the marathon yeah yeah that's probably true uh so there should be more marathons uh, on weekdays. i know know. uh so hopefully you listeners at home are following uh, along the uh, boston marathon always an exciting race to follow online or on tv or uh, however else you can follow it these days. Uh, Joanna will have have run the uh, 5K. And remind us again. For the eighth year Yeah, in remind row. us again why. So I think you've run it every year since it's been ex- in existence, that right? That is correct. I've done this race every single year that it's been around. And I have all my medals, T-shirts, and bibs. Wow. So what is and it? And the bibs? And the bibs, yeah. So, so what is it about the, the Boston uh, 5k have you ever run, you've never run the marathon or no i've never done the marathon before okay. um well i used to go up every year so starting in 2008 i went up to boston every year that was the year that the women's uh marathon trials were in boston okay. so i went to watch the trials and then watch the marathon and then every year i've just gone back since i love boston i think it's a really great city and when they started the 5k i was like oh i'm gonna do this it'll be fun and then i just started doing it every year so it's gonna be the race that i streak Okay. So every year I'm going to go do this race. So would you ever consider doing both? Oh, definitely. And a lot of people do both. So Mm -hmm. I think, and now that there, it used to be that the 5K was on Sunday, marathons on Monday. Now the 5K is on Saturday. All right. So so I misspoke. I said Sunday because that's usually when it is. So now it's on Saturday. Yeah. I think it was two years ago they changed it to Saturday. So now there's plenty of time to recover. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it could just be kind of a, sh- uh, a warm up, or you know, shake them yeah. out. You don't have to. You don't have to try to get two PRs, right? <laughs> uh, so, what do you do? So, do you hang around and watch the marathon on Monday? I do. Yes. So, take us through what is generally your weekend there in Boston. Um, if somebody's live listening to this, if they're listening to this in the morning, they can try to track Joanna down right. in Boston. <laughs> yeah, that's. Well, are we just talking about Monday? Yeah, let's say let's say Monday. So, so you run the race Saturday. Where, where do you think you are right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not, uh, this year I actually think I'm going to be on the course. So, uh, for, for probably like five years, I would stay right in Copley and then I would just stake out a spot on Boylston street in the morning and in front of the convention center, Saucony and a couple of other vendors have a television set up and there'll be people peddling snacks and things. So you can just hang out there, watch the race and just wait for the finishers to come through. And it's really exciting to be on Boylston Street. But then I started to branch out and see the marathon from other aspects. Mm -hmm. So the year that my friend Tripp ran, uh, his girlfriend and I and his coach drove along the course and saw him at the start at mile six or something. So we drove along the course, which was really fun because I'd never seen any other part of the race before. I'd just seen the finish. Right. Um, And then one year uh, I went to Boston University because my friend's brother was a student there and experienced Boston University as the college students Mm -hmm. do. I'm too old for that. I won't do that again. <laughs> now we know how old she is because she's born in 85. Yeah. So, so the, the give or take. The yeah. day starts for them. I actually think I told this on our first podcast, but the day starts for them at 6 a.m. And her brother had warned me that. And he's like, fireball shots at 6 a.m. Wow. But so they're, they're like out until 2. So I'm like, there's no way. And I was staying in his dorm room. So I'm like, there's no way these kids are going to be up at 6 a.m. doing shots. And dropkick Murphy's mm-hmm. at 6 o'clock start playing. And then there are three shots lined up next to my 
my bed. And I was like, I can't, I can't take a shot right now. Wow. And Jackson's like, I thought Mallory said her fun friend Joanna was coming. So then mm. I was like, my bluff's been called. But I want to. So we had to we had to put lame Joanna away, and fun Joanna had to come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I. Well, wait, wouldn't wouldn't you have been up for like four hours at that point? Uh, no, <laughs> I actually I slept in there. Uh, wow. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I probably won't do that again. Uh, so this year, I think I'm going to be along the course watching, which will be fun. It's funny I don't remember that story. I do remember our podcast. I remember the lobster socks <laughs> yeah. and the lobster shoes. I guess I they, were different, they were different years then. Okay. Maybe you did not tell the story. Anna. I don't think I did. Because that is more memorable than the lobster socks and the lobster Farley shoes. Well, and then I would go to, they, they go to parties because, you know, the Boston University is off. So the kids just like party all day. And I would go to these parties in these apartments and it is literally like no room. Like mm-hmm. everyone is just butt to butt, like standing on right. tables, just going crazy. And it was uh, it was something, but and they do they do actually show an interest in the race, so they will go outside and, and watch a little no, bit. Of there's the race. a ton of energy, and the weather looks like it's going to uh, be nice. Uh, maybe a little warm on Monday for runners, but perfect for spectators. It looks like it's going to get up to about sixty sixty five degrees. So hopefully it stays closer to the sixty degrees for the runners. But yeah, it's going to be a nice day. No rain in the forecast. So it should be a good time. So you are. Do you have any other plans, Joanna, to um, you know to pedal any lobster socks or go to Wasel <laughs> or pedal wa- lobster socks or find her lobster socks that she <laughs> yeah, left there last year? That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, Brooks had asked me to work at the expo this year, but I said no. Okay. Um, so I will be, Wazelle has a run and then they have a, a team dinner. So I'll probably do those things. I have a couple of friends in Boston that I promised I'd meet up with. Um, and then I'm inviting myself to a new balance party. Great. Yeah. That's Solius there, uh, right there on Boylston by the finish line. I'm sure we can. And if this podcast gets out early enough mm-hmm. docs on Monday, maybe they'll listen and then put her on the list. So, well, so. I, I feel like um, they probably have other things to do. On, on they're, they're doing fireball shots. <laughs> That's true. That's good. Six a.m. That's good. That's a good point. Uh, oh, interesting thing about their day starting at six a.m. Mm-hmm. My day starts at twelve o one every day. Twelve o one. I don't. I don't get where you're going with that. Because that's when. That's when the day that, starts. That's the new day. But, oh, okay. But I thought that was like a Simpsons reference or something. I'm, I was. I was going too deep for it. It was no, just more science. simple than that. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But the the thing about that is like uh, Molly Huddle, her week is 12 days. Yeah, that's right. That's true. That's and, true. Cause and Boston University, their day started at six. That's true. She <laughs> A lot of people with these, these progressive calendars and, and, you know, good for them. Yeah, that's true. She did. Uh, came. She came on the show again. I have to explain Docs's uh, comments or jokes. She came on the show and said that she does a 12 day cycle. Where a long run is in there every twelve days, so that's more of her week. She may may have said, "Who says a yeah. week is seven days?" That's right. Uh, that's and right. I, was like, I agree. I like the non traditional thinking. Who says a week is seven days? Who says you yeah. got to do a long run? On well, the sun- answer is on Sunday. Roman Caesar, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> who came up with the modern day calendar. But yeah, other than that, yeah. Uh, so they're not doing the lobster socks or lobster shoes this year. Uh, what is Brooks doing? For they do. The, they have a Massachusetts themed shoe, like a not not tuck it. Yeah, it's got like a plaid, like yeah, red look, and blue theme feel. on it. Yep. Yeah, and and New Balance has uh, some a plaid. Sp- it's mm-hmm. a plaid uh, print on their shoe. Uh, New Balance has a couple couple is it plaid sp- Scottish. I don't. 
I don't know. I mean, Tartan is Scottish, mm-hmm. yeah, but the plaid is associated with New England. It is? Yeah. Have you ever been to Nantucket before? Um, I once knew a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks has that shoe. Uh, New Balance has uh, a couple of Boston-specific shoes. Nike has a couple as well, and uh, Adidas has a, has a a pretty cool Boston specific shoe. I'll be going up there with Adidas. I'm sure by this uh, time this uh, uh, this this hits the airways, I will have had a awesome time with Adidas. Uh, they're taking me up there w- with um, a couple other accounts, and there's going to be people from Germany who work for Adidas and folks from all around the world to show us product to talk about. Uh, the direction of the industry and generally with these trips every night ends with you know some dinner and drinks heavy drinking heavy drinking uh-huh. heavy drinks beer yeah. and sausages yes generally so actually um just to go into the into into the wayback machine yeah i also was at the um boston marathon and the olympic trials in 2008 mm-hmm. yeah and my friend and i met you um, after one of those parties, yep. I, I believe, I, I don't know who, who was hosting you. I think I was uh, there with Adidas at that time too. And, um, you were drinking Miller lights. Yeah. It, this was actually the day of the trials. Cause the next day was the Boston marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we had gone out we watched, you watched the marathon. We watched the marathon. Uh, but you, you watched with your fancy people and we went out in the course with, with the Joannas of the world. I was in the uh, VIP section. Yeah. yeah. I was on yeah. the Massachusetts Avenue bridge. Yeah. Oh, on the bridge. We were, we were like in the back by a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Uh, on, on one of those loops. Um, but, but we were, we were hanging out with you that night and you were drinking Miller lights and we're just kind of hanging out at the bar. And then like after 30 minutes, my friend goes, wait a minute, aren't you running the marathon tomorrow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was. That was a younger Chris Farley. That was that was a few years back when I could yeah. do that. Uh, and so that's going to be my dilemma for this week. I'm going to have to gracefully exit some of these fun parties that Adidas mm-hmm. is putting on because I can no longer do that. I had a good day that day, under three hours, of course. Mm-hmm. No asterisk needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I ran about 242, I believe, uh, that next day. So that, But again, that was a long time ago. Tweet uh, us, hashtag brag much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A long time ago, so I'm going to have to dodge uh, some of these uh, fun nights. So we'll see how I feel Monday morning. But what are you looking to run this year? You know what? I, you all know, put put it out there. I want to run 250. I think I can run around 250. You put it out on the last show that you I, want to I, go I, under 250. under 250. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're right. adjusting the goal. I'm yeah. hedging. Right. Hedging. Uh, now that he's been point. invited to a couple social <laughs> events, 255. <laughs> yeah, at least under three hours. But, and that, that's how you know. You, you know how it goes during the race. You, you start. Being negotiating. O- negotiating with yourself and being okay with l- l- slower times. You know, during this busy week, I may negotiate myself down to 259, 259, uh, or 259, 59. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, right now, I'm going to aim for about 250. So it should be a great weekend and a fabulous Monday. Uh, but next, uh, we're going to talk to the guy who helps make it all possible. He's the communication manager for the BAA. And, of course, the BAA puts on the Boston Marathon. He's a former Pacers running employee as well. We'll talk to him about that. The Boston Marathon, what he does, and Patriots Day next is going to be Mark Davis, communication manager for the BAA here on Pace the Nation.
All right, welcome back to Pace the Nation. Now excited to be joined by the BAA's communication manager, Mark Davis. Mark, what's up, man? How are you? Well, as you can imagine, one week uh, away from the Boston Marathon. Uh, we're quite busy up here in Boston, but uh, always appreciate the invite and, and interest from my uh, my uh, my good friends down there in uh, the D.C. and Virginia area. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, we are one week out. Um, you guys got to be crazy busy here getting ready for the Boston Marathon. And I wanted to get into that, uh, but I, I wanted to kind of back up a second here. Now, a lot of people know you now as this communication manager, and you are uh, this guy in Boston who works for the BAA, and you're all things Boston. But that wasn't always the case. You were once a, uh, a, a elite professional runner, and I just quickly wanted to take uh, us back uh, to your running days. And, you know, your, your highlight probably was running in the Olympics in 1996 and making the uh, Olympic final in the steeplechase. Would you say that's the case? Yeah, I mean, I've often been asked about what my highlighted, uh, you know, highlight career moments were. And, you know, that's I think that's the one. It, it's it's one of my top two or three, me personally, but certainly recognizable to most people. Uh, that would be the one that people would really kind of go, wow, you know, that's, that's 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 the one my mom would introduce right. you know me to all our friends like this is my son the Olympian I don't have a name it's just my <laughs> son the Olympian so uh, but I, certainly that uh, that was that's the highlight of almost any you know track runner's uh, career is to to put on the you know the the red white and blue and and represent your country in the Olympics so Mark are you still the road race 5K American record holder well that it, it's an interesting story it, the the record lasted for about. 18 years, and then I actually went out to Carlsbad where I set the record and watched Bernard Lagat uh, um, break the the record. And then about two or three months later, I got a call from the uh, race director out there, Tracy Sunland from Competitor Group, and said, "Well, uh, um, I got good news for you. Your record still stands." And I went, "What?" <laughs> and apparently, when they went back to, after watching the race, they went back and uh, noticed that they had dropped some cones wrong. And I guess the course was about 10 feet short, which You're is ridiculous kidding. because Legat broke it by like, you know, six, seven seconds or right. what is 10 feet. But, but legitimately, they couldn't certify the course. And so the time stood, I guess, for another year, though I refused to accept it. I, <laughs> I had already handed over the mantle, you know, at least mentally uh, to, to Bernard, which I thought was great. Uh, but I guess legitimately, I still had it for another year. And uh, sure enough, uh, last year, even though we had terrible weather at the Boston Marathon, our Saturday 5K here out at the BAA 5K, which is always run two days before, was just an absolutely perfect, spectacular day with a great field uh, that uh, uh, that Mike Peroni here at the BAA put together. And sure enough, um, Ben True went out and broke the American record right in front of me again. Wow. Um, uh, by about two seconds, we ran thirteen twenty-two, and then Molly Huddle followed that up about I don't know fifteen seconds later by breaking, or a minute later or so by breaking the women's American record in the five k. So we set two American records out here last year, and uh, so I got to watch my record getting broken twice, which is uh, that's awesome, you know, man. tough. But I, but I was really, I was really proud that it kind of that it happened here now, uh, you know, with the event that I worked for. Okay, Mark. It sounds like at the BAA 5K, you didn't have enough time to uh, move those cones in that race. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of passion for the uh, for, for for the BAA now. So 
I mean, I'm very proud that the record got set here. Yeah. I, you never want to give up a record. It was the last one I had. I lost the, the two mile uh, several years ago that I had for a while. Uh, so it was the kind of last big record that, uh, that I had. And it was tough to see go, but again, I was so proud to, to have it broken here. And um, uh, d- despite my, you know, personal interests, yeah. uh, the bigger picture, the bigger picture really saw how, how neat it was to be here and to be right at the finish line and kind of em- embrace Ben True when he, when he broke it and, uh, and just kind of be a part of that, that whole thing was, it was actually quite neat. I feel like the number of times you see these these American records, or, or I mean, we'll we'll say American records rather than your records, but uh, maybe that that could be like a calling in the future as well. You could just you know pimp yourself out to say, hey, if you want an American record broken, just pay me to be there. Yeah, pay me to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it would be a little arrogant, but you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe on to something. So, are you running much these days, Mark? You know what? I'm not be perfectly honest with you i i i you know the sport of running for me was always uh, a competitive outlet and uh without that competitive outlet um if it was golf back in the day if it was gymnastics if it was race car driving i probably wouldn't be driving that fast i probably wouldn't golf that much and uh you know i just these days as as busy as i am with this event year-round all the events that we put on throughout the year the 5k the 10k in june the half marathon in October, the marathon itself year round, you know, my family, uh, it's just, it's, it's been tough to really fit in a time where I can consistently run. My wife, uh, is a very, very big runner. And so she loves to run. I try to give her that time. If I had time to run, I would probably want to take care of the kids and spend some time with them and my family. So I don't do that much. Are, are, uh, I try to keep. I try to keep exercise. I try to exercise a little bit, but not a whole lot of money. Are, are your kids now? Your kids are they're, they're they're younger. They're not teenagers yet, but they because your wife was a, a great runner as well. Are are they showing signs of interest in running? Are they going to be good runners? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, my my wife was on a couple of world teams for Canada and almost made the Olympic team for Canada. Um, and, you know, the kids, my, my daughter is really into to soccer, uh, which, you know, I'm really big into as a fan these days. And then my son is, you know, he's kind of into tennis a little bit and a little bit of soccer. He really does like running. I think that he may, may pick up the bug a little bit. My daughter, I'm sure, like a lot of Europeans and international runners out there, grow up playing soccer before they come runners. You know, if, if she enjoys running or if she is able to utilize the physical traits that hopefully my wife and I pass down to her. She'll be good at no matter what she does. So Mark, what is your role as the um, BA communications manager? Well, you know, I, you know, we have a great staff here at the BAA and we have an amazing board of governors uh, that helps manage the BAA and, uh, you know, almost a 130 year old organization. And I guess when you really think about working for a company that's been around for 130 years, uh, your goal as as an employee or as as a person that represents the organization is that when you you know the time that you spend here, ultimately you either a make it better or you b leave it at least as good as when you came. And so I think that's everybody has a lot of pride here at the organization to come in and improve it and and try to do things and bring in unique um, opportunities for the organization. But ultimately, you're representing such a huge picture of uh, and such a huge entity in the sport 
that really the key is, is just to make sure that you respect what that means and uh, and continue the legacy that the BAA and the Boston Marathon represents. Uh, but I mean, in the short term, it's you know I, I want to make sure that you know the media that I work with is happy. I want to make sure that our participants are are excited and motivated and thrilled about coming to Boston and running our events. And then ultimately, you know, just the fans of the sport in general uh, can continue to respect what this organization, uh, you know, has has been, what it's represented, what it's gone through in recent years, and that uh, that there's still a big support uh, uh, for this event and for this for this organization. So there's obviously a number of races you guys put on, but there's none bigger than the Boston Marathon. What is what does the Boston Marathon, in your opinion, mean to the city of Boston? Well, it it, it represents so much. I mean, uh, I moved here in 2011, and um, before you know recent years and and situations that have happened up here. Um, I mean, just moving up here, you can tell how much this event meant to uh, and means to the city. I mean, just uh, a, a new bar that I go to to watch my soccer games at, meeting the owner there. You know, he just, he, I remember the first time he just looked me in the, in the eyes and he just said, Boston Marathon is the best day the city ever has. That's awesome. And, you know, yeah, we've got the Red Sox. Yeah, we've got the Patriots. Yeah, we've got the, you know, the Celtics and the Bruins and, and, and other big events here. But really, the Boston Marathon represents so much. It's when the city... As a, you know, the state has a holiday that day every year, and the city just closes down and, uh, you know, its its operations, but opens up its support and its, you know, its its Christmas, its Easter, its Fourth of July. It's all wrapped up in one in one day, and it's just it's amazing how much everybody comes comes together for this event. From, you know, it's stretched out over 26 miles through eight towns, and there's just so many people that take so much pride and in in having the world see Boston in this, in this great celebratory way. Yeah. And it really is like you said, I mean, it is the world looking into Boston on Patriots day. And, you know, I did want to ask about the 2013 event, um, you know, because the world, you know, really focused on Boston after the bombings. Uh, tell us about your experience that day, that week, uh, and all the changes that have happened since then, how it's changed your job and all that. Well, you know, it's, you know, I, I guess it's, there's never words to describe what happened that day. And, and, you know, I, I almost don't even want to diminish it by just simply saying that it was surreal, but you know, in the way it was, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a perfect day. It was, everything was going so smoothly from, from a media operations. I think we had really, after it was, uh, I was on the job for about two years at that point, two, three years, and I really was starting to get into a good groove, and things were really working out very, very well. And, and, and it was just, it, it ultimately just, it, it was bright, it was sunny, it was wonderful, and then the lights went out. And uh, it, was, it was really, really tough. And, you know, the, the organization as a whole uh, took a lot of brunt of that from 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 an industry standpoint, but really it was it was the city that that absorbed uh, you know the the incidents and and really took it upon their shoulders to really uh, to really shine to really come out and, you know it was it was a lot of people say it was it was the wrong event in the wrong city for them to make a message right and I think that's I think that really shines through because you know this this blue collar just 
just a you know ancient you know community and 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 just with such deep roots in history and and the way that people here I've just I've fallen in love with the people up here and the way that they they react to anything much less something like this was just it was kind of it was beautiful because as I say it was shiny, you know it was bright and shiny and then the lights went out but it seemed like really soon after that this just amazing glow started to happen in the city and just the pride that came out of people uh just it really almost excelled it even more it almost gave people you know if the idea was to diminish our our hearts and diminish our minds it only strengthened it it seemed like in this community and it's just been it's been really beautiful to be a part of and you know from the event side it's you know it's been a huge education i mean we went through you know the the you know almost having to cancel the event the year before that because of the 89 degree weather that we had on right. course in 2012 and and you know the the media attention that came about in 2014 you know through those two or three years you know you really you really learn a lot and i've really felt like from a professional standpoint i've really evolved uh that i don't think i would have anywhere else so, you know, I, I would i'd never want to go through that again but you know i'm really proud of the fact that we're this organization's coming, me personally, where I've come. Were, were, were you getting media requests from around the world? Like, as the communication manager, was everything filtering through you? Um, not not necessarily. I mean, we had Jack Fleming, who's the uh, communications and marketing director. Yep. Um, basically, uh, you know, my boss um, certainly was 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 a lead in managing a lot of things. We have um, we have counsel here in town that that helped that really came to our our rescue and. And help filter stuff. We have a great board of uh, uh, board of governors, as I mentioned. Our our executive director, Tom Grilk, uh, was just an absolute cornerstone uh, of of you know everything afterwards. And and so it was it was a lot of people really coming together. And Tom will be the first person to tell you that you know the way that we all rallied and the way that the city rallied around us, the way that we rallied around the city and all the people that work with us, it was it was it it it, it helped a lot. But but really for me, it was it was just being there and making sure that whatever needed to be taken care of can be taken care of. And, and the participants were our first and foremost, you know, uh, interest in making sure that they were okay, that they got their stuff, that they, they were taken care of as, as much of them were safe as possible. And, and, and that was really, I think the thing for us is to really just focus on who our audience was and who our, who our people were at the event and just, uh, take care of them first and foremost. Yeah, and I think that you're absolutely right that you guys became stronger. It's it's, it's incredibly awful events, but you guys came stronger from you, Tom, you and Tom Fleming and and Dave McGilvery was he's the race director. I mean, he was you know all over the news, and I thought just handled it amazingly. Yeah, Dave, Dave is just he's one of my favorite guys up here. I mean, the more I get to know him, he's such an interesting character. I mean. Staying waking up at six 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 thirty in the morning yeah. myself and seeing emails from him at two thirty three o'clock in the morning, I just don't think the guy sleeps. Right. When, when he, it doesn't matter whether he sleeps or whether he doesn't sleep. He's got such a passion for this event, such a passion for the sport, and and just such an amazing character. I mean, you couldn't imagine, uh, you know, too many race directors out there that could have handled it. Too many organizations, too many executive directors. Too many, too many other directors or managers or whatever that, that, that could have handled what, what we had to handle. And he still runs the race after the race. Or how does that work? He runs the course, I believe. 
Yeah, so he, he I mean, he runs the Boston Marathon. He basically goes out to Hopkinton um, after everything kind of calms down around maybe, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock when, you know, it seems like everything's starting to wrap up. He's got a great crew that works for him. Um, and once he kind of realizes that everything's going okay, he heads out to Hopkinton and he runs the Boston Marathon. He doesn't run it within our timing system or anything, but he goes out and runs it. And out of respect for Dave and what he's brought to this organization, we we respect him as a as a consecutive runner for mm-hmm. the Boston Marathon. I believe he's going for his 47th or 48th consecutive wow. Boston Marathon. And incredible. He's he's been he's been the race director since 2001. So the last 15 years, he's put on this race and then still gone out and run the Boston Marathon. Even in 2013, with everything going down, he he was on his way out to Hopkinton to go run it when everything happened. He stopped, came back into Boston, and then he ran his Boston Marathon, I think it was about a week later. Wow. Uh, very quietly, very respectably. He didn't want a big light on him. He didn't want any news out there covering or anything. He just wanted to go out and respect the event as much as the event respects him. That's awesome. So... This year's Boston Marathon. So how many people run the Boston Marathon? How many people do you have try to enter, and how many are actually accepted, and how many finishers are there? Well, um, uh, prior to 2013, our, our field size had been maxed out at about 27,000. Essentially, the, the municipalities we work with, the towns that we work with, the operations team that we work with had decided that 27,000 entrants with about 23 to 24,000 actually showing up on race day mm-hmm. was about the max that we could handle on some of the small roads that, that, that we run uh, through the first few towns uh, during the Boston Marathon. Um, after 2013, uh, we had we decided that we would not only respect the people that weren't able to finish, which was about 5,000 people, plus uh, you know a couple of other thousand people that, that we felt had uh, exceptional, uh, you know, situations that needed, you know, uh, respect, and we gave them entries. Mm-hmm. So we increased the field uh, to about thirty-six thousand runners. Wow! Um, uh, with about um, about I think close to thirty, a little over three thousand showed up that day. Um, after two thousand fourteen. Um, we decided we it, we couldn't go back to 27, and that we worked with the towns and said, well, if we can handle, um, you know, 36,000 entrants and 30,000 runners, that we can handle 30,000 entrants with hopefully about maybe 26, 27,000 only showing up on race day. So for 15 and then going into 16, we accepted 30,000 entrants, um, about approximately 24 to 25,000 of those are full-fledged qualifiers based on their age and gender. Okay. And then the other 5,000 make up essentially, you know, sponsors and contributors and the towns that we work with and the municipalities, the police, the fire, um, uh, other VIPs, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people kind of make up that, that other part of that list. Uh, but again, essentially about 26 or 27,000 show up on race day. And of note, I mean, we probably have one of the highest finisher rates of almost any marathon out there. We ha- we usually typically have about a 98 to 99% finisher wow. rate. So in other words, over 98% of the field that start that day finish. So there's only about 100 people that essentially That's decide insane. that they just cannot run the Boston Marathon because everybody else that gets there, they earned a right there. 
They really, really fought hard to get there, and darn it, they're going to finish. <laughs> um, right. The dark, the, the 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 dark side of that is that in recent years, with the popularity of the event, um, we can only have thirty thousand entrants, and the popularity, uh, along with the idea that really marathoners are just getting faster every year. Uh, the last couple of years, we've had to turn away a, a lar- pretty large amount. I believe in four in fourteen. Uh, we turned away about I don't know maybe three or four thousand people. Wow! In fifteen, we had who had qualified three thousand people who had qualified. Wow! And then this last year, we turned away our largest amount. It was about a little over four thousand forty three hundred people that had qual- legitimate qualifying times. That unfortunately we just couldn't allow based on field size, and we feel for them. We know that they work really really hard. And, you know, one of their biggest goals is to qualify for the Boston Marathon and make it. Um, but we just, we have constraints and we have, yep. you know, we have, we, we work with these cities and we can put out there only the amount of people that we know that we can handle. And, uh, you know, that sometimes we get upset that we, you know, we have charity runners that aren't qualified or sponsors that aren't qualified. But without those sponsor elements, without those contributor elements, without those municipality elements, without those charity elements, we wouldn't be the Boston Marathon. We wouldn't be able to put on the event. We wouldn't be able to respectfully put on this great event every year if we didn't have those people. So we do have to give space to those people as well. And uh, and so, you know, we try to get everybody in as much as we can. And uh, But, you know, unfortunately, we just had to turn away people the last couple of years. And it's it's not just that we don't want those people there. It's just, you know, people are getting faster out there. Yeah. And maybe qualifying times need to be looked at. Who knows? But in the end, it's it's tough to, to 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 tell these people. We know you worked hard, but right. unfortunately, we don't have the space. It is such a badge of honor to complete the Boston Marathon or qualify for the Boston Marathon. So it, I, I can understand uh, from both sides. Uh, tell us, it, some... it, it is true. Yeah, and we resp- and again, I mean, the biggest thing to know is that we respect anybody that qualifies for the Boston Marathon. I mean, that's a huge badge of honor, and and, and we hope that they they continue to keep doing it and, and get to run here someday. Tell us some exciting things about this year's marathon. Anything new or any stories of runners you're following? Well, I think uh, you know our two biggest themes uh, this year are, um, are, A, we're celebrating our Native American tradition, uh, which not only include, includes uh, former Native American runners, but also First Nation runners from Canada. Um, uh, being one-eighth Cherokee myself, I huh. obviously have a huge connection and, and, and passion for the fact that we're going to to have such a great celebration, and that includes, uh, you know, Thomas Longboat from, uh, I believe it's 1909, and then um, Tarzan Brown, who they've famously named Heartbreak Hill after. He was the one who kind of broke Johnny Kelly's heart, hence the Globe Rider uh, uh, calling Heartbreak Hill Heartbreak Hill back uh, back in the day. Um, and so we're going to celebrate those two uh, great champions as well as uh, Patty Dillon, who was second place breaking the American record in 1981, um, and and any any and all of the Native American tra- traditions that we've had at the Boston Marathon, we've got Billy Mills that's coming in to kind of uh, um, help facilitate that that celebration, as well as a lot of representatives from the tribes of those uh, those two uh, other runners, Longboat and Brown, and uh, there's doing there's some action going on over at the Harvard uh, Harvard University. Um, with some talks and, and the speaker series at the expo is going to include some uh, some great people that are involved around the Native American tradition. And so that's a really big theme that I think people are going to really enjoy this year. 
And then really the big one this year is our 50 years of women at Boston. Oh, cool. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Gibb ran the first Boston Marathon, completed the first Boston Marathon in 1966. And so her and, um, and uh, uh, she's going to be the grand marshal uh, of this year's race, and we're going to really just put a big, pretty big light on that. A lot of people uh, associate the first woman in Boston with Catherine Switzer from 1967, she was, in fact, the first woman runner, first female runner to run with a bib. But really, Bobby Gibb in 1966 was the first woman to complete the Boston Marathon. And so uh, it's going to be kind of a two-year uh, celebration where we celebrate Bobby this year and then Catherine Switzer next year. Um, Catherine's obviously had a, a large voice in the running community for women's rights. Um, and and, and it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing next year. But this year, it's going to be about Bobby and about the first official woman to run the Boston Marathon. And it's just, it's going to be really neat. Our, our cover of our program is just celebrating women and a lot of our stories is going to be around that. And it's, uh, so, so those are going to be the two real big stories this year that, uh, that we're really it's focusing awesome. on. Hey Mark, I was trying to figure out how Farley got you on short notice, but then I realized he probably just told you he's a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I still, you know, even though I've, I've left the DC area, I've got a strong connection with Chris and, uh, and uh, on a few different levels. And uh, but certainly, uh, you know, uh, I know that Chris got, Chris is a big fan of, of the team. And just so, uh, just recently, uh, uh, Keith, Keith, our buddy, our mutual friend. Uh, Keith Kelly got me into it, and so I've been watching these. It's they're fun to watch over at uh, Four Courts, man. Yeah, it's nice. I've got a I've got a nice spot up here, and, and it was kind of really neat that uh, Fenway Sports uh, owners of the, the the Red Sox and Fenway Park here are actually owners of Liverpool. So our, uh, whenever they come to town, I obviously get a little bit of red carpet treatment. So it's kind of nice to be up here. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people don't know Mark that uh, you did work at Pacers uh, back a few years ago. So how did you get your start uh, in this race management field? Well, I actually, I had started off working for, you know, on the event side of things and, and promotion side of thing with, um, with Dicecat, which was the, old, uh, the high school website that kind of covered uh, high school cross country and track on a national level. Yep. I learned a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of coding on a website and learned a little bit of uh, video uh, taping and, and video production. Um, as well as, you know, combining that with my, my passion for music and just really knowing the sport. I was lucky enough to be in it for so long that, uh, you know, when, once I landed in, in Virginia, it was uh, kind of just seemed like a real, uh, a real great opportunity for me to work for Pacers and a, a great outfit that put on a lot of exciting races and, and uh, you guys, you know, successful stores and, and just a great, great presence in the community there it, it was a really neat opportunity for me to to be a part of that and, and to be honest i think that time uh you know working for pacers working on site management working on promotions working on video management um really gave me the opportunity to hone my skills that i think really caught the eye of the baa it gave me the opportunity to come up here every once in a while and do a little bit of work for them and, and really kind of show them that, that I had experience in event management, experience in event promotions, uh, experience in event marketing, um, and, you know, in a modern era, which means social media and, and, you know, website, you know, uh, bells and whistles. 
So I, I actually, I owe Pacers a tremendous <laughs> amount for kind of teeing up the opportunity that I have this day because uh, otherwise, you know, uh, to go from Dystat, which was a, a nice opportunity for me, to the BAA would have been a huge leap. So I think, you know, Pacers was that perfect a perfect uh, cornerstone that I needed to, to to get to where I'm at today. Well, I really appreciate that, dude. And we miss you because you did. He did a lot of stuff for us, guys. Docs and Joy. He did, uh, you know, like you said, the the video. You did the website for us. Uh, you also uh, and you did a lot of the social media at the time and, and and a lot of the marketing and a lot of events stuff with Kathy and Lisa. But also at the time, man, you are seriously. I'm pumping tires here. He is the best in the business. Race, race day announcing. Do you do much of that anymore? I, uh, you know what, I, I I help out a little bit. Tom Tom Grilk, uh, again our executive director, does a lot of announcing for us, and, and I pitch in, and I think he loves bringing me up to the microphone because you know I, I can, I do have some experience announcing, and I can, uh, I, you know, I could fill in not only my experience as a as a, as a professional runner, uh, but just really a passion for our sport and for our events. And so I get up on the microphone every once in a while. We have the we have the Boston uh, Mayor's Cup Cross Country Championship that's yep. up here in Boston, and I do do the full announcing for that, which is still a little fun. But you know, it's, it's you know we have a lot of media we have to attend to. We have right. a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of balls up in the air that we have to we have to manage around race time. So I don't do as much announcing as I did with Pacers, but I, I still I still enjoy it when I can, and it's it's a lot of fun just to get people jacked up and 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 really just give them give them the entertainment that they're looking for when they come out to a race. All right, dude. Well, I really appreciate your time. We're going to let you get back to work here. A big week ahead for you. Um, what are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be race day on on the Boston Marathon? Are you in like a lead car? Are you at the finish line? Where are you physically? Um, uh, physically, I'm in the Fairmont Copley Plaza Hotel, mm-hmm. uh, which is right off of Copley Square, just past the finish line. And I'm in a very, very large, huge conference room called the Oval Room. And I basically stand in the back and just kind of orchestrate the media uh, and uh, make sure to facilitate any information they need and results that they need or data that they need, what have you, Mm -hmm. and orchestrate the television coverage that's being shown in there and and the results, outputs, a a lot of different things. But really, for me, it's just to kind of sit back and observe and just make sure that, you know, that that our participants are happy, that our, our 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 media is happy and that, you know, our organization is happy. Our board of governors are happy and, and just uh, make sure it's a, a successful day. And I'm really looking forward to, to a great event this year. All right. It's going to be Monday, April 18th. That's Mark Davis. He's the communication manager for BAA. He joined us here in Pace Nation. Hey, Mark, thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next week when we're up there. Cheers, guys. Thanks. All right, buddy. There he goes. That's Mark Davis. We're going to take a quick break. This is Pace Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Mark Davis, BAA's communication manager, for joining us here on Pace the Nation. And uh, formal wildcat. Former wildcat, yeah. We didn't ask him about that. No, we didn't. But he's a former wildcat because... Mm. He went to the University of Arizona. Yeah, exactly. He was a stud at Arizona. Stud high school runner. I believe didn't he, he won, won Kenny. I think he I won I wanted Kenny. to ask him about yeah. that, too. One footlocker? It was well, Kenny it when was he won. It was Kenny okay. before footlocker. Well, doesn't, didn't Meb go to the same high school as him? 
Wow. Okay. There's another another fact we could ask. Did them. they? I thought. Did they? I think they I might have. Think yeah. they, I'm pretty sure they're San Diego. Yeah. I'm All right. You sure. and I will be up there. I thought next Meb week was we from LA. Talk. All right. We can talk. To, we can talk to Mark when we're up there. We'll ask him those follow up questions. I know. I want to ask him if he always has Arizona winning for March Madness because my mom <laughs> went to University of Arizona and every year she picks them to win. Well, he wouldn't have done so well this year because they did not. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't get out of the first round, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that was great to be joined by Mark. Um, learned a, a few things about the marathon. The fiftieth year that women are running in the marathon. Oh my gosh! Do you know for have our fiftieth uh, uh, pace the nation? There's episode? just so there's so mm. many um, crossovers here. I know. Um, but did you know? Have you ever seen a picture of Bobby when she ran that marathon? No, Nineteen sixty six. She is definitely wearing some long shorts. <laughs> nice, nice, good work, I, Bobby. I don't know if this is the same story, but wasn't there, didn't she like, they told her she couldn't start, so then she went like a block behind? She hid in the bushes. Yeah. Um, and then when she thought an appropriate amount of people had started the race, she popped yeah. out of the bushes and, and got into the race, and she was wearing like, what she normally she, ran she in. She dressed kind of like a man. Well, she had underneath what she normally ran in, which was a swimsuit, but then she wore her brother's pants and then a sweatshirt, mm-hmm. and then she took off the sweatshirt like halfway through the race. Huh. I'll have to Google that. I didn't realize that. And and then the uh, the woman who won the next year ran in a skirt, right? I I can't fact check that. I'm not uh, sure. I read it. I read some article. I, my, my also, I'm not sure about my facts here. Well, we could have asked. But Mark. I did read something. We, for we, I was <laughs> reading. <laughs> we could have asked him. We were short on time with Mark, so we could have mm-hmm. asked him all these follow-up questions. Also, uh, another Mark Davis story. Yes, was setting a, an American record, or like he had—I I don't know which race this was. That was like a funny Olympic question trials. about him, you changing the cones or him changing <laughs> the cones. That was good. Well, he could have had another record, but he—he yeah. he was winning the race, and he—he he turned around and ran backwards, you know, to kind of like play up to the crowd, yeah, uh, towards the finish line because he was beating the field by so much mm. and he fell over <laughs> and then and then he got up and he finished the race and he just yeah. missed an american record wow uh, that he is he's always been a showman he always has <laughs> entered, entertained and, and 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 still today as the communication manager yeah the funny thing is is like you and i know him as growing up knowing know him as one of the greatest american distance runners of all mm-hmm. time and uh, you know, now knowing him, he doesn't run much, uh, but he is. Now I can beat him. I <laughs> know. Well, I don't know. Actually, actually probably, yeah, probably not. But, <laughs> but anyways, unfortunately, yeah. great to have Mark join, join us. Looking forward to seeing him next week when we were up there in Boston. Uh, all right. So we wanted to try this out, mm-hmm. you know, since it is the Boston marathon Monday, Patriots mm-hmm. day, we wanted to play songs that are synonymous with Boston. And um, all right, well, that'll be a fun segment. Are we gonna Are we gonna rate the songs? How are we going? It's your to, segment. It was right. your idea. The The only thing is that that uh, is disappointing is that that you played one of the songs earlier, all right? Uh, and gave Joanna a chance to figure it out, right? <laughs> right. All right. So this is the this is the first one uh, that I played to her earlier. <laughs> we gotta at least get to the hook. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe Joanna did not know this song right off the bat. Yeah, I know. 
You got to like that song. I do like that song. That's good. All right, that is uh, Boston More Than a Feeling. This is all we're doing in the segment. You're going to play it and ask her if she likes it. She says yes, and then we'll play <laughs> oh, the next no. song. I'm going to ask, what is the song that you feel like you relate uh-huh. to Boston the most? And I've got we got four options here. So that's the first option. Mm-hmm. I think, um, to me, that's... So that's a top. Uh, so let's just talk about this real quick, Joanna. What do you think of that song as a Boston anthem? Um, I mean, it, the the group's name is Boston, right? But I'm not sure that when I hear it, I immediately think of the city Boston. Exactly. I I I think I'm on the same page. I think I'm tracking with you there. I think that the the connection to Boston is too loose, or, or okay. it's, it's just it's a, it's like a play on words. It's a pun, but it's not actually Boston. You know. You don't think of Boston with that song. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's fair enough. All right. I think a kid's named Boston. <laughs> Is there a kid's named Boston? Next song then. Yeah. Boston. Here, here, here we go. Again, we got to get to the hook. This is a little slower. This is a lot slower. Much yeah. slower. A little more uh, recent though. Would this, this would be, uh, I relate this to like, Depressing Boston. <laughs> exactly. The music video has a ton of pianos on the beach. Are there any beaches in Boston? Yes. There are? Okay. Yes. At the beach. Okay. See, I'm not a big geography guy. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying that. Um, I think anybody who's listened to two episodes understands that. Yeah. One, one of my greatest uh, regrets in life is that I'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like this. It takes a little while to get going. It takes too but, long. Yeah. We're only yeah. allowed to do 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got to get to the hook. But we do have time for your greatest regret. Well, I tried to outsource somebody to draw a map based on things you've said. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think would be one of the greatest maps in the world. That's going to take a lot of listening to this program. And other other shows and stuff like that. But but, uh, I would definitely hang it up in my house. (laughs) This is it. I think this is it. Here, here. Alright, you know what? I, you know what? It, they, they say I think I'm going to Boston at some point. Just take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's, right. that's Augusta, and uh, the, the name is. It's very important for runners to stretch before they run. Boston. Uh, I feel like you're stretching on this segment. Yeah, I am. Like August, what I did there? Augustana. Augustana yeah. is the, the name of the. the the uh, band Boston. Yeah, I'm stretching. Hey, it's listen, stretched. I'm pumped about the Marathon Monday, okay? Okay. All right, next song, Synonymous with Boston. If you don't know this one yet. Yeah. Where it began, I can't begin. So the first one was the band Boston. Mm-hmm. The second one, 
the song was named Boston. Mm-hmm. Now this one, I mean, how do you get to Boston for this? <laughs> well, you see, there's, there's, yeah, I just can't even. Yeah, <laughs> I don't okay. even know where to yeah. start with you. Yeah. Touching hands, reaching out, almost to the hook, or the chorus. Touching you, sweet Caroline. The times never seem so good. All right, that's sweet Caroline. Neil Diamond. Okay. So, interesting that that is a a song associated with Boston. Well, because they played at Red Sox games. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to... I know that you were eager to say (laughs) it because uh, you thought I was going to steal it. I was going to throw it to you and say... Yeah. uh, Joanna can tell us the origin story of why that's a Boston song. So, I read an interview with the girl who used to pick the music for the Boston Red Sox games, and she just liked the song, and she started playing it, and it was a huge hit. And then they started winning, so she thought it was good luck, and they started playing it um, at the eighth inning. How many years ago was that? Uh, She was the music director, I think, in the late 90s. Okay. So, it didn't become a a real thing, I think, until like the 2000s. No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I just figured they'd always been playing it. Back in the 86 days when Joanna was either alive or not alive. <laughs> Depending when, on which episode you yeah, listen to. When uh, the, the Red Sox lost to the Mets in the World Series. But no, in the 2000s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just I just think that's kind of a weak reason for that to be a, a Boston <laughs> song, you know. Um, well, you can make up whatever you want. Most people wouldn't know it, the truth. Uh, you mean the backstory behind why it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just so weird that like and and people from Boston think that you know you could say that JFK was at a game and he wanted that song played for his daughter. Okay, so I'm glad you talked about that. That that's so creepy. When he released that, uh, Caroline was 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 like either a teenager or she was like a young girl. This old creepy Neil Diamond singing a song <laughs> about a, yeah, like a, a young underage Caroline. Yeah, that that usually that's the other side of the story that never comes out. Nobody wants to talk about it. Cause it's such a great song, but it's right. weird. That is kind of weird. All right. On that note, uh, we, got, <laughs> we got we got one more song. We got one more song. This is it. This is it. Okay. So, I know this song. I didn't know. Who was the artist or the name of it? Right, or where it was from. But I've heard it a hundred times. So I want people to vote. What is the song that you relate to Boston most? We'll probably get a ton of write-in votes of things we missed. Okay. Because there's a lot of Boston-based bands that we didn't mention. Mm -hmm. Like Aerosmith. Yes. Okay. All right. So there it is. All right. So Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. Now, I will tell you why I think that this is the right song. Okay. Okay. One, they are a Boston band. So the Correct. band is based in, in Boston. Mm-hmm. The, the song has a lot of Irish influence, just like the city. Mm-hmm. Right? The song has a lot of uh, energy to be nice. 
uh, <laughs> the, the, the energy I think captures Boston as well very well. Okay. So so the essence of the song also feels very Boston. So so the association this song to uh, the city of Boston for me is much stronger than just the band has the same name as the city. Or it's played during Red Sox games. Or that it's played. I think we Red made Sox a nice progression to things that like mm-hmm. maybe might be related to Boston to something yeah. that like really captures Boston. I think this is it. All right. Well, I actually thought more than a feeling by Boston, <laughs> the first song we played. That's that's just me, but okay. You 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 vote for the last one too, the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. Cause but you, I'm I'm curious to see who writes in and chooses Marky Mark and the Funky mm-hmm. Bunch. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you can you can tweet us in your uh, Boston song. What what song do you relate to Boston? You can tweet us at Pace the Nation. Uh, you can pick one of our four, or you can write in uh, a vote of your own, and um, we will uh, we'll let you we'll we'll let the audience decide what really is the song that's most. Mm-hmm. Related to Boston, and, and then uh, based on whatever you vote, we'll inform Boston uh, <laughs> and let him know this is your anthem. Yes, that's a great idea. We'll let, who mm. will we let know? Like the mayor, probably uh, Big Poppy. <laughs> okay, Big Poppy, yeah. or Bill Belichick. Yeah. Those two guys, would or be Bill good. Rogers. Bill Rogers would be another yeah. good one. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll let all three of them know. Best, yeah, best cast a wide net. <laughs> yes. All right, that's your uh, Boston music segment of the week. Of the week or of the year? <laughs> of I think, the year. I, I think <laughs> like if we're doing this next week. That's your Boston of, segment Everybody of the just year. hit unsubscribe. That's your Boston segment of the year. So I got a question for you guys. Yes. Yeah. Are you still going to the uh, happy birthday anniversary party? Yes. yes, absolutely. April 22nd, the happy hour anniversary, anniversary party. birthday party. Yeah, and I, I think that we didn't have enough time this week to figure out uh, what the listeners wanted for the name, so we're going mm-hmm. with anniversary birthday party. Still a still a placeholder. Yeah. yeah. All right. Where is that uh, again? April twenty second. Where is it? Crystal City uh, Sports Pub. So Crystal City Sports Pub at seven p.m. Seven p.m. <clears throat> and you can run the five k beforehand. Yeah. Are you guys registered for that? I registered for the series, so I am. Um, you registered for the whole series, and we held you out of the first race? You did. Yeah, we mm-hmm. did. And I can't go to the third race, because I'll be in Boston. Right. Wow, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we, we will be running uh, for sure. Yeah, running that race, and then headed right over to Crystal City Sports uh, Pub for the happy hour. So hopefully all of us can make it there uh, by 7 o'clock. Yeah, I'd like to see as many people as as possible. Try to get like uh, overflow. Yes. Um, and then because right now we have a what what is it? It's a room on the upstairs, right? Joanna, what's what's the situation? That's how I understood it. Yeah, room in the upstairs. Okay, and we're gonna try to put signage up, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, there'll be signage. Uh huh. But and you know, you know, sometimes these drunk teenagers will uh, <laughs> move the signs, rip, rip or change the signs, signs yeah. or something like that. Uh, but what I'm hoping is that we we reach capacity in the room, and then we have overflow downstairs, and then just take over the whole bar. I think that is a great goal, and I think it's mm-hmm. a very feasible, attainable goal. So let's do that, and it's going to be about. It's all about the listeners, though. So you guys right. show up in force. And let's uh let's do that. Let's take over top floor and the bottom floor. And also, please bring an agenda for the conversation. Because <laughs> <laughs> we won't know how to operate if we don't have an agenda. 
April 22nd, Crystal City Sports Pub, 7 p.m. See you guys there. All right, this week in the news, all the news that's meaningful to the guests. To the guests? Or the hosts. Yeah. And the guests, too. Hopefully the guests enjoy it. <laughs> Guest Appreciation Week. Mark, I hope you enjoy the In the News segment this week. Or the hosts. I don't know. The listeners. Mark, everybody. Mark, pick them. Tweet him if, yeah. you, uh, if you don't, don't like them. these. Yeah. All right. This week in the news. Now, when you say this week in the news, do you mean like this last three days yeah, in the news true. since we recorded <laughs> three true, days ago? Pretty much. Uh, right. Do you guys know who Tim Noakes is? Yes. He's a doctor. He wrote the book Lore of Running which is almost a thousand-page book about running that's known as the Runner's Bible. Okay. okay. And he wrote this um, book, I think, maybe 20-some years ago. But back then, he questioned whether carbohydrates were necessary to a runner's diet, but he believed in them and he recommended them, particularly okay. as fuel for workouts and races. So he, he went out on the record and said... You need carbs. I'm not sure that you do, but right. but but we're gonna say you do something like that. Correct. Okay. But we're gonna say you do because that yeah. is common commonly thought of. You know, when right. you go carbo loading, carbo loading before uh, before uh-huh. a big race, pasta. You yeah, have your exactly. pasta meal. Fettuccine exactly. Alfredo right before uh-huh. the back. Okay. <laughs> That's an office reference, I think. Yeah. Good so job. so, anyways, now he won't touch carbs. And he tells others to avoid them too. He's got completely? a new book out completely. Ooh. Runners, everybody, stay away totally from carbs. So hmm. that's big news. I don't know how you guys feel about that's big news to me. I feel like carbs are at the top of my. Yeah, my, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I, top of my food pyramid is carbs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joanna, carbs. Where do you weigh in? Um, I I don't eat a very high carbohydrate diet, but I do I do eat carbs. Okay. All right. Well, this guy is a doctor, researcher, author. And he's saying, mm. stay away totally. Well, he's also the same guy 20 years ago who said that you need to <laughs> have a lot of it. So he's got a good track record. Uh-huh. Um, I find pasta, pizza, and uh, breads to be delicious. Yes, I agree. And, totally necessary for uh, your running. I, well, I, I need to work on, on not so much carbs. And <laughs> right. I guess it's uh, good to hear that, that uh, it won't hurt my, my running. Well... You know the jury's still out, but you and I are in the in the high carb diet camp. Mm-hmm. Joanna, maybe low carb, low carbs. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'm going to have some fettuccine alfredo before my marathon <laughs> Sunday night. All right. Also today in the news, Vera Pekka was was in the news. Uh, she is a runner who is from Michigan. She was running in the road against traffic. Mm-hmm. There was a sidewalk, and an officer came up to her and told her to run on the sidewalk. She refused. Was she, was the officer in a car, or was he was also a, running? He was in a car. Was he, he had, running on the sidewalk? No, he was in a car, uh, and she refused, she, saying that she was running against traffic. She could see the traffic, and th- therefore, she was being safe about running in the road, and mm-hmm. she didn't want to run on the sidewalk because everybody knows sidewalks are are harder. Yeah. On your on your knees and shins yes. and hips, so she was pretty much uh, hell bent on running on the road, and she was arrested and resisted arrest initially, and and or resisted uh, or didn't didn't follow the directions of the the cop, resisted arrest, and then was was taken into custody and arrested. Spent the night in jail. Spent the night in jail. For just running. 
Going on a run, then you get end up being arrested on on, um, on the road. Uh, running on for running. Didn't on the something road. like this happen before? Didn't somebody get hit by a car that we talked about in the news, where they were hit by a car uh, because they were running in the road, not on the sidewalk, and so they, the driver was not found as fault. Yeah, was I think that was one of our in the news stories I, from I think before. It, I think it might have been uh, the Running Man in Charlottesville. Well, no, it was. But there was another story. I think it took no, place in New Jersey, right. didn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think it was a Jersey that's, story. That's, that's right. Boy, it sounds like sounds like this is uh, our nation's biggest problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wanted to share a story uh, related to this. I was in North Carolina yesterday visiting my grandmother. Uh-huh. She lives in rural North Carolina, in advanced North Carolina, right outside Winston Salem. So my brother and I stayed at a hotel uh, because she doesn't have enough room in her in her house. That's about nine miles away from her house. And so, you guys just left the car there and ran to her house. Well, I did. My brother mm-hmm. drove to the house. So I drew, I ran, but I was thinking about it. I'd read the story yesterday. I was thinking about as I was running because I was running on roads where people aren't used to runners. Mm-hmm. 55 miles an hour uh, going down this, this road with no sidewalks. So I was running against traffic so I could see, and then I w- weave my way onto the other side. Probably not the safest thing to do, right? but I needed to get my run in. You did. Uh, and, you know, it was perfect distance, nine uh-huh. miles, saved me from having to drive over there, just use tr- running as transportation. All right, let's do role play. Farley, mm-hmm. you're running on the highway. Joanna, you're the police officer in North Carolina. Yes. And you, and you see this guy running in long shorts uh, <laughs> down the highway. So, I mean, is this a heavily trafficked highway? I mean, are we talking like there's a, a... There's a car every 45 seconds. So we give up on the role play? Yeah. So were you guys bailed on that? <laughs> well, I, I don't think she ever really wanted to do it. But. Well, when I was um, <laughs> when I was in high school, I spent a summer doing missionary work in Tennessee. Uh, no, no, Kentucky. And it was rural, very rural. And same kind of situation where there's a lot of... Uh, like, people don't really run on the roads there. Right. There's no sidewalks. But I would go for my runs... And most of the cars were not, you know, looking they're, for me. Yeah, they weren't prepared because they're they're not used to it. That's the same thing. But I but I will say that I, I'm not choosing a side in the case with the runner in, in Michigan. But if there is a sidewalk available to you and it's the yeah. safer option, I'm not sure why you wouldn't run on the sidewalk. I agree. There was no sidewalk for me, so I was and running. There's on no the... sidewalk for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so you there's guys no shoulder. <laughs> If if we're gonna all tell a relatable story, I, I remember once when I was down in the Outer Banks, and I ran on the golf course. Mm-hmm. I, I kept getting kicked off the golf course every day, and the guy told me he's like, "Well, it's dangerous. You you need to ride out on Route 12, which if anybody's ever been down to the Outer Banks, Route 12 goes north and south, and it's a windy road, and people drive like 55 miles per hour on it, uh, and it's and it's blind with no no curb." And I was like. I was like, well, that's dangerous. He goes, being on the golf course is dangerous. You could get hit by a golf ball. I was like, I, I, I would rather get hit by a golf ball and not hold you at fault right. uh, than get hit by a pickup truck that's going 55 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. I agree. I should have run. On, there was a golf course to my left. I should have probably tried to run on that. Yeah. I just And then I got kicked off that, that one three days in a row. Same, like this two days in a row, the same guy. He was like, you again. I think it's. I do think it's legal, though. I, I think the general rule is if the sign is blue, then you can't run on that road. But if it's you know like a, uh-huh. a, a regular another type of interstate, like the blue signs or the the ones you know like the, the ninety five 90, is blue four ninety five uh-huh. sixty six. Is that really the rule? I mean, <laughs> that's what I always thought. 
So I always it sounds thought, like we're making it the rule. I, th- I always thought I was in the right if I could run, even though it was fifty five miles think an you're hour. You're in the right. Just finish it there. <laughs> if it's fifty five miles an hour, I could, you know, I was, you know, I was getting to the, I was going to the side when a car would come and running in the grass, even though there was no sh- shoulder. But I do think it was legal as long as the sign's not blue. You're in the clear. I think the expression is, if the sign is blue, you can run a couple few. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's it. And that's your in the news. So speaking of running the road, uh, Joanna, don't you have a transportation story? That was a great transition. Thank you. <laughs> I love how we call it out when it, they are great transitions. We just don't let them uh, I just want to make sure that marinate. our listeners are yeah noticing yeah. these as well. I honestly think these transitions are like um, associating more than a feeling by Boston with the city of Boston. <laughs> So it's Which not, is why we pointed out. Okay, yeah. got it. Uh-huh. Um, so this week I took an, an, an Uber. I was going to my friend's house. Um, and it's really not that far away. It's like two miles away. But I was like running late and, and I just need to get there. And it's uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning. I was going over there for brunch. Mm-hmm. And I get in this Uber and this guy seems like totally normal. Like he's just like white guy number three in like any movie that you've ever seen. And I get in and we start like, you know, he wants to talk. So we're having a very like normal conversation. And then somehow the subject of earning money comes up and mm-hmm. he's, he says to me, you know, women's ovaries are worth a lot of money. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's and- a weird. <laughs> Speaking of awful transitions. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, oh, I, I didn't know that. And then he's like, yeah, uh, male reproductive parts are not really worth very much i've looked into it he's like have you ever thought about donating your ovaries before or selling your ovaries before and then i was sort of like maybe i don't want to be in this uber yeah, anymore i'm actually good you should, here you know you want you want the response like if you, you're ever in a situation they just text me and i will like this is this is yeah. a psa right yeah. just text me and i'll give you the response the response is yes i've already done it <laughs> oh, because okay. then then you show no value to this kidnapper I was going yeah, to go to an alleyway and, and put sell your ovaries, but if yeah. she doesn't have them, then I'll just take her to brunch. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and luckily, it was a short car ride. I did not think to say that, mm-hmm. but I did text everyone I know, and I was like, if you never hear from me again, this is the reason why. And the one person you needed to text was Doc, who so would have given mm-hmm. you the response yeah. you needed. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. And how many stars did you give this guy? I, I gave him three. Three stars. Three stars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, because he, he did get me to where mm-hmm. I needed to go in a timely fashion, but I just didn't appreciate the conversation. Like part yeah. of an Uber driver, like the reason that I like taking Uber is because I don't want to have to talk. Mm-hmm. So like I'll do the pleasantries, but then like I'm on my phone. Like don't mm-hmm. talk to me. Yeah. Not much different than our experience in studio as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a weird story. Um, <laughs> getting back on track with running, you had a uh, great race this this uh, last Friday. That's true. On Friday, I did have a great race. Yeah. What, I, what's going on? I mean, you were at Doctor Beck's. You were injured last week, and then you go out and run a PR. That's true. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So definitely going to see Doctor Beck on Thursday probably helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on Thursday night, uh, I had my best friend over and we had maybe a little too much rosé nice yeah 
way too much rosé. When so. is there too much? Come on. Yeah. Is there is there too much? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know there were 30 because we were drinking rosé and watching TED Talks and just like really getting ourselves inspired by TED Talks. Nice. So, yeah, that's that's our age range now. But so I woke up on Friday morning and I had to go to work and I, I don't think I have been that hungover in a very, very long time. Yeah, you're not a hungover person. No. no. And I felt like a 21 year old. Like I was wow. just like at work and I was like, oh, don't let anyone talk to me. I feel terrible. Wow. And so my coach, Trip, I tell him this and then Trip is like, you knew that you were going to run a Crystal City 5K tonight and you went out and drank a lot of wine last night. He's like, you're going to do this as a tumble run and you're going to have to run it fast. He was basically punishing you. Nice. Yeah, because I texted him to be like, I just don't think I can run tonight. Like, I'm just going to do five miles easy and like, we'll get back on track the next day. But Trip is like, no, no, you're going to race tonight. Nice. Um, so I, I went to the 5K and um, yeah, I had a, a great race. It actually felt typically I run like 2230 for like every 5K I've ever been in. And this felt the same sort of effort, but it was a lot faster. Wow. So it never gets any easier. You just go faster. That's, right. That's awesome. The time, the time goes down. Yeah. But the, the effort feels the same. I, and so I think the secret is definitely rosé. Well, I mean, it's, Trip it's something does not worth, agree. It's something worth experimenting with, right? <laughs> I, do, I don't need to hear this as I go to this uh, <laughs> Boston trip where they're going to be lining up drinks all weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think that you, this is for science. You yeah. have to do this okay. for science. All right. I'll let you know how that goes. But that, congratulations on a new PR. Thank you. Uh, Docs, how's the, uh, the heel? I, I see you don't have a uh, ice bucket in studio today. Uh, it's in my living room. Okay. <laughs> Still <laughs> okay. doing maintenance. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's really affecting me from like i'm not cutting back i'm okay. doing what i gotta do but you also got to do your maintenance you know all right so you're still on track to get ready to get ready for that uh training program this, starting i mean this June. is this is a week since the last podcast <laughs> uh aired I but this it, was three days ago that i was icing my heel it's not like it's not like this is a lingering injury that's true all right so not much to update i had a good weekend that's good okay yeah. so did you do a long run yeah Okay. All right. He still doesn't tell us how long those runs are. But all right. Good to know. So Joanna's PRing. Docs is on track, and I'm running the Boston Marathon. That's the update on our running. Mm-hmm. That you didn't ask for. <laughs> exactly. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a great location in Princeton, New Jersey, for our New Jersey listeners. Uh, hopefully, people took advantage of the uh, promo code that we sent out last week, and uh, you know, stay tuned for more of those in the future. You can also tweet us at Pace the Nation. Always, the best way I think to communicate with us is through Twitter. At Pace the Nation is our Twitter handle. Uh, anytime you want to reach out to any of the hosts, you can um, snail mail uh, Joanna a letter as well through the postal service i hear the stamps are down a couple cents is that right i think they're down two cents for the first time the price for stamps went down yeah i think for the first time in maybe 20 years so everybody who bought forever stamps uh, (laughs) a while back thinking that they were making a good investment they they just lost cash hold on to those yeah hold on buy some new stamps i think they went it went down from 49 cents to 47 cents Uh uh-huh so um, now's your time to go, go out and send a snail mail, mm-hmm. uh, snail mail letter. All right, episode fifty in the books. 
I did want to thank Asics and Greg. He did drop off some snacks, but we just recorded too early. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they are non-perishable, perishable. Yeah, I hope they perish. <laughs> no, I hope they we'll, don't. We'll eat them. We'll make sure that we'll they don't. Need, yeah. They're in the yard, so we'll take care of them. Yeah. All right. Well, mm. thank you to Greg and Asics. Thanks to Mark Davis, the communication manager for the BAA. Joined us today to talk about uh, the Boston Marathon. Good luck to everybody who's running out there today, including former guest Robert Galanders. I hope he uh, runs a great race, along with everybody else uh, out there who is getting it done on Patriots Day. All right, good show, guys. 50 in the books. Our anniversary birthday party is April 22nd. Just want to make sure to mention that. So uh, we will see most of you guys out there April 22nd in Crystal City. All right, for Joanne E. Docks and William. <laughs> Whoa, is there something I didn't know? <laughs> for Joanne E. Russo and William E. Docks, I'm Chris Warren. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week. <laughs>